1: This is the American Greed podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, Christopher Dunch is a young spine surgeon with a big salary and an ego to match.
2: They thought they had a young, hot neurosurgeon with cutting edge skills and excellent training.
1: But instead of helping patients, he hurts them. Badly.
3: I mean it was it was the worst. I mean I'd never seen anything like it.
1: Leaving one after another maimed, paralyzed, even dead. First thing I remember is not being able to move.
0: What was going through my head at that time was uh what did he do to me. And yet this killer surgeon keeps on operating.
1: American Greed sits down with some of those closest to the story to find out what drives Dunch's reign of terror. From the delusions of grandeur.
4: Anyone close to me thinks that I am likely something between God, Einstein, and the Antichrist. To the mounting debts. Surgery was his out. That was how he was going to make his big bucks.
1: To the hospitals that pass the buck, according to lawsuits.
4: When hospitals look at somebody like Christopher Dunch, I think they see dollar signs.
1: Leaving Dunch's victims at the mercy of the man now known as Dr. Death. In March 2012, a school librarian goes to a Dallas hospital for a routine back surgery and bleeds to death. Three months later, another patient comes to another hospital for a neck surgery where she suffers a stroke and later dies. The day after this operation, a third woman goes under the knife hoping to fix her back issues then wakes up screaming in pain. What all three have in common is Surgeon Christopher Dunch, seen here in a cramped interrogation room at Dallas Police Headquarters.
5: You moved here from, was it Tennessee, is that right? That's correct. Okay, so you just started, or you, you did all your, your schooling there and then you came?
1: Yeah, med school, Ph.D., graduate school, residency, uh, fellowship, is fine. It all sounds impressive. But a prosecutor will say that in Dallas, Dunch injures 33 out of 38 patients in less than two years. And now the once promising doctor has gone from an operating room to an interrogation room. Hi, Dad. This is Christopher. I was supposed to come home tonight, as you know, and I'm not now. Unexpectedly, the police came and picked me up uh, regarding the, the DA issues I mentioned to you. Uh, this is the phone of one of the detectives. If you would please call him back, he'll tell you what's going on. I had no idea what's going on with Bond and what's going to happen next. So I'll call you as soon as I can. Love you. Thanks. Christopher Dunch's career as a doctor starts many years earlier in Memphis, Tennessee. There, he completes a joint MD-PhD program and a neurosurgery residency at the University of Tennessee at Memphis College of Medicine. Then he remains in the city to complete a spine surgery fellowship.
4: His resume is about 12 pages long so he looks really good on paper, exactly the kind of doctor that um, you'd be looking
1: for. In all, Dunch spends 15 years in med school, his residency, and his fellowship. A process meant to ensure he's got what it takes. Martin Lazar is a Dallas neurosurgeon who first reviewed some of Dunch's cases on behalf of plaintiffs' attorneys.
6: When you operate on the brain or the spinal cord, a good job has to be a damn good job. It can't just be journeyman.
1: But Dunch's resume reveals an overwhelming interest in the Ph.D. part of his dual M.D. Ph.D. degree. With his name on multiple academic papers, patents, and biotech startups, he has clearly met with some early success, and he doesn't keep it to himself. In emails, he describes himself as a supernova, sophisticated savant, and the best surgeon and scientist, and every thing I decide I want to be.
7: I can't remember how he phrased it once, having, like, God knowledge, I believe, is what, how he referred to his knowledge. That was, like, you know, one of our problems.
1: In her first television interview, Wendy Young tells American Greed she meets the up-and-coming spine surgeon in Memphis one late night.
7: I had worked at a strip club before. You know, I've seen him around. I thought he was cute. And then, you know, it was like towards the end of the night. It was very loud and all the girls were over there. I think they knew he was a doctor. So, of course, that's where you're going to go for your money.
1: Dunch and Young will eventually have two children together. But by the time they meet, the up-and-coming doctor is facing a mounting pile of debt. Bankruptcy records later show that he owes $112,000 on one student loan and $19,000 on another, $127,000 on a home, and he has debts to his father that will grow to equal $220,000. All added up, Dunch is nearly a half a million in the hole.
4: I think he learned very early on that research maybe wasn't where he was going to be making his money. And so surgery was his out. Um, That was how he was going to make his big bucks.
1: If Dunch's goal really is making big bucks, he's chosen the right specialty.
6: The amount of money that a hospital gets for what we do uh, is in the millions and millions of dollars for a single
1: neurosurgeon. Dunch is recruited to work as a spine surgeon in Dallas in 2010. His starting salary? $600,000 a year, plus bonuses. Kay Van Wey is an attorney who will later represent many of Dunch's patients.
2: He was dead broke when he came to Dallas. Here was an opportunity for him to start right off with a very, very handsome salary and with opportunity to make tens of millions of dollars.
1: At first, operate operated Baylor Medical Center at Plano, now called Baylor, Scott & White.
2: They thought they had a young, hot neurosurgeon with cutting-edge skills and excellent training, and therefore he would be a very profitable addition to their medical staff.
1: They're not alone in thinking they've landed a catch.
2: Dallas is
7: originally where I'm from, and I decided, you know, if you go to Dallas, I'll go with you. You know, in the beginning, you talked about marriage. I'm Mr. Prince Charming, I'm gonna change your life. You know, I left with him and then believed in
8: him. And then, you know, you just kind of fell apart.
2: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open, midday and close every weekday. Markets, money and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Now in Texas, and about to start a $600,000 a year job, young surgeon Christopher Dunn seems to be feeling confident. In an email, he says he's come to the city to do my thing, build my empire, party and with models without knowing their names, to make money. Doing so involves something Dutch seems to be good at, self-promotion, including this paid infomercial.
3: I treat all patients non-surgically
1: at first, if at all possible. Uh, And then if they fail that sort of stage of the process, Then they come back to me to discuss surgical options. But Dunch has other ways of letting everyone know just how good he is.
3: When he was in conversations with colleagues, he would just talk about his training. He was going to be the greatest minimally invasive spine surgeon in Dallas. And he came down to Dallas to clean everything up because most of the work here was being done wrong. Uh, These were extraordinary statements coming out of the mouth of someone that just got finished training. I'd never heard anyone talk like that in my entire career.
1: If Dunge's words to his colleagues are troubling, they're nothing compared to the deeply delusional thoughts he shares in private. In December 2011, he writes the following in an email. Anyone close to me thinks that I'm likely something between God, Einstein, and the Antichrist. Because how can I do anything I want and cross every discipline boundary like it's a playground and never ever lose? What I am being is what I am—one of a kind, a mother f- stone cold killer that can buy or own or steal or ruin or build whatever he wants. Three weeks after Dunch sends this rant, vascular surgeon Randall Kirby operates alongside Dunch giving him the chance to evaluate the new arrivals' self-proclaimed skills. I
3: mean, he could not wield a scalpel. I mean, it's just... it was pathetic. And so, I knew he had a real problem.
1: Alarmed at what he sees, Kirby later testifies at trial that he voices concerns to Baylor Plano. But Dunge keeps operating, unaware of or unconcerned about his own shortcomings. One of his new patients is Jerry Summers, who also happens to be Dunch's best friend. As their 1988 high school yearbook shows, they've been together since they were teens. In February 2012, Summers comes to Baylor Plano so Dunch can fuse together vertebrae in his neck, a surgery that does not go according to plan.
4: I think everybody in the OR became pretty concerned because Dr. Dunch was pulling a lot of muscle tissue out of Jerry's neck, um, and there was just a lot of bleeding.
1: When it's all over, complications arise. Dunch goes MIA, and things go from bad to worse.
7: Let's talk about what you remember when you woke up. What's the first thing that you remember?
1: Um, first thing I remember
6: is not being able to move, and. Um
1: And I just was kind of freaking out. The surgery leaves Summers a quadriplegic. And a nurse will later testify at trial that when she comes to see Summers a few days after his operation, he makes a startling claim.
4: He told this nurse, you know, I want to report a crime. Um, I was doing drugs with Dr. Dunch the night before the surgery. I was doing eight balls. And eight balls is slang for cocaine.
1: Dunch has denied this, as has Wendy Young, the mother of his children, who was living with him at the time. And Summers later recants, testifying that with Dunch missing post surgery, he mentioned eight balls to get his friend's attention. Dunch is never prosecuted for any crime related to this incident. But the nurse makes a complaint to higher-ups. Baylor Plano begins a formal peer review, and Dunch takes a leave of absence.
4: They immediately approached Dr. Dunch and asked him, you know, to go take a drug test. When he went to take his drug test the first time, he did not take his ID, so they couldn't do the drug test, but he went back later and did end up ultimately taking a drug test, and those results came back negative. I think it's important to note that when he had this negative drug test, that it was actually done five days after Jerry Summers' surgery, and cocaine gets out of the body in three days.
1: With Dunch having passed his test, an outside reviewer tells the hospital There's no indication Dunch has drug or psychological issues and Baylor Plano reinstates his surgery privileges. But they asked Dunch to only perform minor surgical procedures. His very next operation takes place on Monday, March 12th when a 55-year-old school librarian named Kelly Martin comes in for what should be a routine back operation. During the procedure, Dunch punctures a blood vessel. According to trial testimony, when warning signs arise that Martin is bleeding out, Dunch does nothing to fix the problem and insists that everything is fine. He just didn't know what he was
6: doing. You can't not know it and be a nurse surgeon. That's how basic this is.
2: She essentially bled to death in a upscale hospital In a major metropolitan city, in the 21st century, patients aren't supposed to go in for a routine, simple back surgery and bleed to death.
1: Hearing about her death, Dr. Randall Kirby testifies at trial that he calls the Texas Medical Board. Still, Dunch keeps going.
2: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hospitals are supposed to track problem doctors using something called the National Practitioner Data Bank.
3: National Practitioner Data Bank, and it's put in place to identify people like Christopher Dunch. That's what the Congress did. They put that in place to identify people, bad doctors like Christopher Dunch, and shut them down.
1: Hospitals are responsible for reporting the dangerous doctors they find in their ranks, but it doesn't always work out that way. On April 18th, a committee at Baylor-Plano determines Dunch failed to meet the standard of care in his last two disastrous cases. But two days later, he resigns his privileges, a known loophole that keeps his databank entry appearing spotless.
6: Had he been fired, that would have been reportable to the National data bank. So he was able to circumvent Uh, a major um, safety feature in the system.
1: When Dunch later goes on trial, one veteran physician testifies that doctors know all about this loophole. Prosecutor Michelle Shugart says that in general, others do as well.
4: Everybody knows when you're required to report and nobody likes to destroy anybody's reputation. And so they use these little techniques to find ways to avoid having to report somebody.
1: Plaintiff's attorney Kay Way says that's because in Texas, hospitals face much heftier damages in a lawsuit from a doctor claiming to have been unfairly reported than they do from a patient claiming to have been badly treated.
2: It's easier for a hospital to just kick the can down the road and let the doctor become some other hospital's problem than to risk backlash from
1: the doctor citing patient privacy and the privileged nature of the case baylor scott and white declined to comment but said they are focused on providing high quality trusted health care now out of a job dunch is facing growing financial pressure having arrived in dallas with significant debt bankruptcy records show he has since borrowed hundreds of thousands more and the doctor who calls himself the strongest, smartest, coolest, fastest, slickest isn't about to call it quits.
4: I think it was highly driven by money. He had tons of debt out there that he wanted to pay off. So I think that was very much driving force for him.
1: Fortunately for him, Dunch is recruited to operate at this hospital, Dallas Medical Center, just three months after leaving Baylor Plano. As part of the process, officials there run an obligatory check of the National Practitioner Data Bank.
4: They don't find anything in the data bank. Nothing has been reported about him.
1: Though they do request detailed files from Baylor Plano, Dallas Medical Center grants Dunch temporary privileges while they wait for all his records to arrive.
2: Dallas Medical Center was struggling financially. He tells them he's got live bodies ready to go on the operating room table, and they were off to the races with Dunch.
1: On July 13th, Dunch gets an email saying, the red carpets are rolled out. A week later, he gets his temporary privileges, and within days, he's back in the O.R., scheduling three surgeries during his very first week. Some of those he works with will later say, he's a mess. One nurse testifies he asks a colleague if Dunch is on something. Dunch did not respond to multiple requests for comment. According to findings by the state medical board, during his second surgery at Dallas Medical Center, Dunch lacerates a blood vessel supplying his patient's brain. Experts testify he then packs it with too much of a substance meant to stop the bleeding. In doing so, He completely obstructed that
6: vital brain blood supply. And the patient died uh, as a consequence of that blood vessel being obstructed.
1: Now, two of Dunch's last three patients have died. In a statement to American Greed, Dallas Medical Center says they've come under new ownership and management since Dunch's days there and that they follow all guidelines to ensure the safety of their patients. After the surgery at Dallas Medical Center that leads to the death of one patient, Christopher Dunch botches the operation on another patient, a 74-year-old woman named Mary Eford.
4: Some of the other people in the OR were concerned about his intoxication state at that point, that his pupils were dilated.
1: After Eford's surgery, Administrators at the hospital yanked Dunch's temporary privileges and called in surgeon Robert Henderson to take over Eford's care.
5: Miss Eford couldn't get out of bed. She was screaming in pain. She couldn't bear weight on her legs, they were essentially flaccid.
1: Henderson will later testify that Dunch operated in the wrong place on Eford's back, that he amputated a nerve root, and that he botched the implantation of a device meant to stabilize her spine.
5: The device he was trying to implant was supposed to uh, end up in here, in the middle of this space. But the implant, when I found it, it was just floating in the muscle. He just made a hole in the muscle with a coring device and, and suspended the uh, metallic implant in that space. It was touching no bone. I couldn't imagine anybody who had taken an anatomy course in medical school doing this much damage. That's how bad this was. And so it occurred to me that, that this was an imposter who obviously had a few screws loose and was uh, was willing to uh, pretend to be a surgeon.
1: Wondering if the guy in Dallas is really the guy who completed a prestigious spine surgery fellowship in Memphis, Henderson calls Dunch's fellowship supervisor.
5: I had obtained a picture of Dr. Dunch, and I, uh, I faxed it to him. And while we were on the phone, and he confirmed that, yes, that was Christopher Dunch.
1: Looking for more information, Henderson also records a call with the director of Dunch's residency program. He hears about an alleged incident involving Dunch from back in late 2006.
5: The year before his chief here he got a phone call from the hospital administration saying that some woman had anonymously placed a phone call that he liked to do drugs before he went to operate. So I said, Well, fine, send him down to I'm going to get his urine checked. And he went down and, and uh, checked in and said, oh, I can't pee right now. I'll be back in an hour and disappeared for several days. And when he showed back up, obviously that prompted referral to the impaired physicians group. And because of his university house staff, it was all. Handled by the university, and they sent him back to us after a period of being off for evaluation and said they don't find anything wrong. Keep training him. So, as far
1: as I know, he was okay. Though UT Memphis would not comment, the director of Dunch's residency program said he was advised Dunch was not impaired and that his training should resume. Dunch's fellowship supervisor says he was never informed of the incident. These doctors said there were no failures in Dunch's residency training or his fellowship, and that they never observed any surgical issues with Dunch while he was in Tennessee. No issues with his procedures there are known to exist. The doctor who headed the UT Neurosurgery Department at the time of Dunch's residency did not respond to multiple emailed requests for comment. But in an email, Dunch says he sometimes partied every night of the week, always showing up for residency five minutes before rounds. All the while, the perfect neurosurgical resident. And in a video deposition, a transcript of which was filed in civil proceedings, a young woman who once dated Dunch's friend Jerry Summers testifies about Dunch during his residency. When was the first time you remember
5: seeing Christopher Dunch use illegal drugs? was at his birthday party. Uh, there was LSD, acid,
7: which is LSD, uh,
1: cocaine. Long after Dunch leaves Tennessee, the woman alleges that after witnessing Dunch dropping acid and hoovering up lines of coke, she sees him don a white lab coat as he prepares to do rounds at a hospital. And he left to go to work?
7: Left to go to work like it was nothing.
1: After you had witnessed him doing cocaine and LSD all night long?
7: All night
1: long. Dunch will later tell a reporter he's never had a drug and alcohol problem. After hearing the story about Dunch during his residency and seeing the results of his surgeries in Texas, Dr. Henderson says he calls the Texas Medical Board. Kirby, who says he's already called them, Testifies he learns about Dunch's new catastrophes and begins calling once a month.
3: We tried everything we could, but, you know, it it took a long time to get the boat moving in the right direction. And unfortunately, there were some patients that, you know, were injured because of it.
1: The board tells American Greed that in order to act, they need written complaints that complex cases take time and that changes to hospital reporting require legislation. Christopher Dunch has been operating in Dallas for just over a year, allegedly botching the surgeries of 10 patients, leaving one a quadriplegic and two others dead. But the doctor who says he has more education and degrees than God just won't stop. Prosecutor Michelle Schugart will later argue at trial that a flawed system allows Dunch to slither between hospitals that she says failed the community.
4: The financial incentives are a huge part of what was driving him and what was driving the people all around him to continue to believe in him and invest in him, despite the fact that there were all these red flags.
3: Luckily for him, Dallas Medical Center did not report him to the National Practitioner Data Bank either. Um, And so his record was still clean.
4: That's another one of those loopholes where... He was never actually on full staff there. He just had temporary privileges. And you're not required to report somebody resigning temporary privileges under bad circumstances.
1: In January 2013, Dunch received surgery privileges at the Legacy Surgery Center of Frisco, whose new administrator tells American Greed, the hospital now goes by a new name, has a new owner, and new managers.
4: When hospitals look at somebody like Christopher Dunch, who has a great educational background and is a neurosurgeon, I think they see dollar signs because neurosurgeons are one of the most lucrative aspects of a hospital's business.
1: Among the business Dunch brings in is patient Philip Mayfield. Mayfield is a father of three and a former Navy man who spent years driving a truck.
0: Being a truck driver and having to do a lot of driving, long distance driving, a lot of hours and uh, lifting a lot, I began to experience, you know, problems with my arm, getting shocks and tingling, and then uh, I recall one time I was uh, lifting something and my arm gave out.
1: After reading about Dunge on the internet, Mayfield and his wife meet the doctor who says his surgery will be one of thousands he's performed without complications.
0: The surgery would take approximately, you know, 45 minutes. And the healing time uh, from the surgery was, I think, uh, I think approximately six to eight weeks. And then I would be right back to, you know, driving trucks and doing what I normally do. That's what he said. But it, it didn't turn out that way.
1: When Mayfield comes to Legacy Surgery Center for his operation, his wife, Angela, waits for him up front.
8: Dr. Dunst did come out of the surgery and, tell me, and told me that everything had gone well. So when I went back there in the back, I kind of noticed that he was just laying there.
0: When I was fading in and out. I could see everyone around me it was, you know, the nurses were frantic. I was in a lot of pain, for sure. I remember uh, I couldn't move from the neck down. What was going through my head at that time was, uh, you know, what did he do to me?
1: After being transported to another hospital, Mayfield finds out what Dunch did to him. Another doctor will later testify the spine surgeon damaged his spinal cord with a drill, leaving him with a leg that will never return to normal and pain that will likely get worse over time. But Dunch still isn't done in Dallas. For months, doctors Randall Kirby and Robert Henderson have been trying to get the Texas Medical Board to stop Dunch. In late May 2013, they learn he's landed at yet another facility, University General Hospital, which is now closed.
3: I got an invitation to meet Christopher Dunch. They were going to have a big celebratory dinner for him. The administration was putting this on. And so Henderson and I both got the invitation and we went, hey, (laughs) <laughs> for lack of better words, you know, I called the owner of the hospital. And I said, You're going to be in big trouble.
1: But Kirby testifies that the hospital lets Dunch keep his surgery privileges. The administrator Kirby said he spoke to did not respond to American Reed's request for comment. Another official at University General told reporters that their decision to give Dunch privileges came after they received no negative information from Baylor Plano or Dallas Medical Center. Two weeks after his initial warning, Kirby's phone rings.
3: The owner of the hospital said that they had a patient that Dr. Dunch had done a cervical fusion on. that had a hole in his esophagus and a retained sponge and was septic and about to die.
1: According to findings by the state medical board, in addition to puncturing this patient's esophagus, dunch has left a surgical sponge inside his body then he's sewn him up and failed to deal with the complications
3: he's created i mean it was it was the worst i mean i would never seen anything like it It just like a maniac went in there and purposely hurt the patient and left
1: according to news reports By this time, the Texas Medical Board has already received multiple calls about Dunch. There were lots of
4: complaints early on from those patients even at Baylor Plano, and he went to three other hospitals after that, um, and they continued to get complaints.
1: Now, Kirby packages up files on five patients and sends them to the board along with an urgent warning.
3: The Texas Medical Board must stop this sociopath, Dunch, immediately or he will continue to maim and kill innocent patients. I have one last thing to remind the Texas Medical Board. Um, Your mission is to protect the public. Uh, Dr. Dunch is a clear and present danger to the citizens of Texas.
1: Kirby's letter is impossible to ignore, and he says it finally forces the board to act. They asked Dr. Martin Lazar to review four of Dunch's cases, and days after Kirby writes them, they temporarily suspend Dunch's license. That December, they revoke it altogether. After 18 months, Dunch's days as a Dallas surgeon have come to an end. But as prosecutor Michelle Shugart points out, Dunch has already harmed 33 patients. For them, it's too little, too late. Christopher Dunch's case lands on the desk of Dallas County Assistant District Attorney Michelle Schugart.
4: When we first got this case, we we tried to see if there were any other cases like it where doctors had been prosecuted for things that they did in a surgery, um, and we just couldn't find anything like it at all.
1: To help her understand the complex medical issues at play, Schugart consults with doctors Martin Lazar, Robert Henderson, and Randall Kirby.
4: Most of the time, you don't have physicians who are willing to testify against other physicians. But in this case, they were demanding to. They were insisting on somebody listening to them.
1: After Shugard receives their help, police arrest Dunch at a hotel in Dallas in July 2015. Hi, Dad. This is Christopher. I was supposed to come home tonight, as you know, and I'm not now. Unexpectedly, the police came and picked me up. Uh, regarding the, the D.A. issues that I mentioned to you. In February 2017, Dunch goes to trial on a single charge of injuring an elderly person, his patient, Mary Effert. Over Dunch's objection, jurors will hear from many other victims. But the case centers around the charge involving Effert's care, which brings with it the possibility of a life
7: sentence. I had excruciating
2: pain. I've never had pain like that before. It was just almost, it was a 10 plus, if you know what that means, on a scale of 1 to
1: 10. Shugart argues that because of earlier failures, Dunch should have known he was likely to hurt Effort. His lawyers place blame elsewhere.
4: They didn't even try to defend the things that he had done in the surgery. So instead, they went with the idea that basically it was everybody else's fault. It was either the people who trained him didn't train him right, or the hospitals that he was working at uh, should have stopped him. Anybody's fault except for Christopher Dunch's.
1: But Shugart argues Dunch knew exactly what he was doing and chose not to stop. She shows the jury the chilling email he sent on December 9th, 2011, right as his first surgeries in Dallas were starting to go wrong.
4: What I am being is what I am, one of a kind, a mother stone-cold killer that can buy or own or steal or ruin or build whatever he wants.
1: On February 14th, the jury reaches their verdict.
0: When the jury unanimously find Christopher Daniel
6: Fester, Guilty of intentionally or knowingly causing serious bodily
1: injury to an elderly individual. Just one week later, Dunch receives a life sentence, a move that some see as the only way to stop him from practicing medicine ever again. Now, the woman who once dreamt Dunch would be her Prince Charming, hears from him only by phone. He
7: has a job inside the prison. I don't know what it is. Um. He works out, he reads, he studies the Bible, you know, he'll call and say goodnight to his boys. Um, Sometimes he'll have bedtime stories and try to be as normal as possible.
1: For those who suffered by his hand, seeing Dunch locked up brings some sense of closure. But nothing can alleviate the pain still felt by victims like Philip Mayfield.
0: It's on another level. You know, I had had times where the nerve pain would be so bad that my skin would, you know, burn and and peel. Headaches that are just, you know, blinding. I've had times where my whole body just shuts down. Literally, it shuts down, and I'm out.
1: According to trial testimony, Mayfield is not alone in his suffering.
2: Based upon my clients alone, I can tell you we have... Um, multiple instances of severe spinal cord damage resulting in paraplegia, spastic, quadriplegia, horrific 24-7 pain that cannot be controlled with any amount of medicine. And then there's the people who practically bled to death but didn't bleed to death and lived. Uh, And those are the success stories, I suppose.
1: Some patients testify they are homebound and have lost jobs. Others, like Dunch's one-time best friend Jerry Summers, have said Dr. Dunch's botched surgeries did more than just wreck their bodies.
7: What kinds of activities do you miss doing?
1: Well, generally everything, because
5: nothing's... It's
8: much fun anymore.
5: How do you feel about Chris these days? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't really... Okay. I
1: don't Though numerous lawsuits have been filed involving Dunge and the hospitals where he operated, many were settled with no admission of wrongdoing. Still, many ask, how did it all go so wrong? How did such a seemingly promising doctor do so much damage? And why didn't he stop himself?
2: Dutch was so delusional, so desperate, and so completely unwilling to accept the fact that he was incapable of doing a good job, that he was hurting people and taking himself out of the equation.
4: His debt was definitely one of those factors that had him just keep going. He needed this money, so he had to keep operating and and doing these things.
1: And others wonder, if Dunch was incapable of stopping himself, why didn't somebody else step in?
0: It's the whole system that didn't, didn't stop him. I think they say he started this like in 2011. My surgery was in April the 9th of 2013. Why was he even allowed to touch me, you know, knowing that he had harmed so many patients before me? There was an
6: enormous failure, almost like a perfect storm.
2: There's blood on a lot of people's hands. Many of the decisions that were made in this case by multiple people along the line who had the legal obligation and the moral obligation to do the right thing, their decision-making was colored and tainted by financial considerations. And that is just wrong on every level That I can imagine.
1: Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach.
2: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.